This is Garrison Harney with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend with you and yours, and happy Election Day, by the way. Get out and vote today, as it's our duty as Christians to work to shape this nation in God's image. Without further ado, let's get you caught up on the news. Speaking of elections, Elon Musk endorses GOP in midterms. In a tweet posted on Monday morning less than 24 hours before Election Day, new Twitter owner Elon Musk recommended that Americans vote for Republican candidates during their visit to the polls tomorrow. In a tweet addressed to independent-minded voters, Musk wrote, Shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. Is it the algorithm? Did someone manually intervene? Uh, why are some accounts banned uh, with no recourse, apparently? Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the reality is uh, that, that Twitter at this point, you know, has uh, a very far left bias. Um, and I, I would class myself as, as a moderate and you know, neither Republican nor, nor Democrat. Um, and in fact, uh, I have voted, voted overwhelmingly for Democrats uh, historically, overwhelmingly. Like, I've, I'm not sure. I might never have voted for a Republican, just to be clear. Right. Um, now, now, this election, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Musk's tweet comes as Republican candidates in key states have either taken the lead or have come within striking distance of their Democrat counterparts. In Arizona's Senate race, incumbent Mark Kelly is up just one point, according to Real Clear Politics' average of polls. In the state's gubernatorial race, Republicans' candidate Carrie Lake is up 1.8 points. In Pennsylvania, GOP Senate candidate Mohammed Oz is up 0.1% over Democrat John Letterman. In a poll from Trafalgar, Republican candidate Doug Mastriano is down just 4.3 points. In the blue state of New York, gubernatorial incumbent Kathy Hochul holds a 6.2-point lead over Lee Zeldin, who has quickly closed the gap ahead of Election Day. Independent polls have pointed to Zeldin taking the lead. In Florida's governor race, incumbent Ron DeSantis holds an 11.5-point lead over Democrat challenger Charlie Crist, according to Real Clear Politics. Even the deep blue states on the West Coast, Republican challengers are closing the gap. Moving on, consumer confidence in the housing market hits a new low, according to Fannie Mae. Rising mortgage rates, high income prices, and uncertainty in the overall economy have Americans feeling more pessimistic about the state of the housing market. In October, just 16% of consumers said they thought now is a good time to buy a home, according to a monthly survey by Fannie Mae. That is the lowest share since the survey began in 2011. The share of respondents who thought now was a good time to sell a home also dropped from 59% down to 51%. Fannie Mae's survey looks not just at buying and selling, but tests sentiment about home prices, mortgage rates, and the job market. and combines them all into one number, which also fell for the eighth straight month and now sits at a new low. A higher share of consumers, 37%, said they expected home prices to drop in the next 12 months. That compares to 35% in September. More also believe mortgage rates will rise. Fast rising interest rates are what turned the red-hot housing market on its heels in early summer. The average rate of the popular 30-year fixed mortgage started the year with a near-record low, around 3%. 
but by June it had crossed 6% and now sits at just over 7%, according to Mortgage News Daily. Quote, as continued affordability constraints reduce homebuyer demand and homeowners become reluctant to sell at potentially reduced prices, we expect home sales to slow even further in the coming months, consistent with our forecast, wrote Doug Duncan, Fannie Mae's chief economist, in a release. Home prices dropped again in September, according to Black Knight, albeit at a slower monthly pace than they did in July and August. Prices are now down 2.6% since June, the first three-month decline since 2018 when interest rates also rose. It is the worst three-month stretch for home prices since early 2009. Prices, however, were still 10.7% higher in September than the same month last year. Elsewhere, Judge Block's New York gun law goes after Democrats trying to, quote, eviscerate the Bill of Rights. A Trump-appointed judge in New York last week blocked a gun law from taking effect and took Democrats to task for trying to eviscerate the Bill of Rights. U.S. District Judge John Sinatra Jr. issued an injunction blocking a gun law that bars people in New York from bearing arms in places of worship. Quote, The court reiterates that ample Supreme Court precedent addressing the individual's right to keep and bear arms from Heller and McDonald to its June 2022 decision in New York State dictates that New York's new place of worship restriction is equally unconstitutional, Sinatra said to the Daily Caller. The Constitution and Bill of Rights are the status quo, not 2022's legislation on the books for nine weeks, the judge continued, taking aim at the Democrat-controlled New York legislature. Legislative enactments may not eviscerate the Bill of Rights. Every day they do is one too many. The nation's history does not countenance such an incursion into the right to keep and bear arms across all places of worship across the state, Sinatra wrote. The right to self-defense is no less important and no less recognized at these places. The federal judge in October issued a temporary hold on the law. Similarly writing, in Brune, the court made the Second Amendment test crystal clear. Regulations in this area is permissible only if the government demonstrates that the regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of sufficiency. Analogous regulations. New York fails that test. The state's exclusion is instead inconsistent with the nation's historical traditions. In its New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, Inc., versus Bruin decision, the U.S. Supreme Court in June ruled that long-time restrictions New York placed on carrying concealed firearms run in violation of Americans' Second and Fourteenth Amendment rights, the Daily Wire reported. The case centered on a 1911 New York state law that conditioned the right to a concealed carry permit on good moral character and proper cause. The Supreme Court majority opinion written by Justice Clarence Thomas took issue with the latter condition, which unlawfully forced New Yorkers to to demonstrate a special need for self-defense. Quote, We know of no other constitutional right that an individual may exercise only after demonstrating to government officers some special need, Thomas wrote. That is not how the First Amendment works when it comes to unpopular speech or the free exercise of religion. It is not how the Sixth Amendment works when it comes to a defendant's right to confront the witnesses against him. And it is not how the Second Amendment works when it comes to public carry for self-defense. End quote. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on a mission to make magazines great again. So subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. This is a quarterly mini-book-like experience packed full of a variety of authors that includes theologically driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign your church up, sign your grumpy uncle up, and while you're at it, sign up the Pope, Elon Musk, and Russell Moore. 
Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses, and cross-politics is not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle and joy at God's wondrous world. In addition to all the above, starting next year, if you're a Platinum Club member, a Platinum Club member, I mind you, you'll get a magazine subscription for free. So, if you're not a club member yet, sign up today. Four issues and $60 per year, unless you're a Platinum Club member. That's it. Go to FightLaughFeast.com right now to sign up. And we thank you for your support. Back to the news. Press Secretary says Biden's words were twisted when he said he wanted to shut down coal plants. During a White House press briefing on Monday, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about Joe Biden's remarks on Friday, where he promised to shut down coal plants across the country, and she said it was, quote, a bit loud and hard to hear. We get a very lengthy Saturday statement from you clarifying the president's remarks from the day prior. Can you walk through what the genesis of that was and whether or not you guys thought that perhaps it would be politically problematic had those statements been allowed to stand? So we just wanted to be, uh, you're talking about the... the, so we just wanted to be very clear uh, on that, uh, which is why we uh, put out a statement. It seemed like there was a uh, some confusion uh, on that. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, I want to say this. It was, some of you were there. It was uh, it was loud and, and hard uh, to hear, I think, or maybe not uh, exactly what, uh, what, uh, what was being said, but I currently don't want to get into punditry from here and, and why we did it or do it uh, or, you know, paid or do it, did it on TV. But I spoke to, to this over the weekend. The president's words, we believe, were twisted. On Friday, Biden promised to permanently end coal production in the United States while speaking in Carlsbad, California at a political event, touting his administration's economic policies. Biden claimed that the U.S. is going to become a wind generation and it's going to save them a hell of a lot of money in using the same transmission line that they had transmitted the coal-fired electric on. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar power, he said. In response, Joe Minkin, the Democratic senator from West Virginia, Virginia said on Saturday that President Biden's comments were outrageous and that the president owed coal miners an immediate and public apology. After Mencken's response, Jean-Pierre put out a statement that read, quote, The president's remarks yesterday have been twisted to suggest a meaning that was not intended. He regrets it if anyone heard these remarks took offense. He, she continued, the president was commenting on a fact of economics and technology as it has been from its earliest days as an energy superpower. America is once again in the midst of an energy transition, the statement read, indicating that the U.S. must embrace clean and efficient American energy. Speaking of an American company, how about Armored Republic? The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there is no king but Christ. They are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty, and they create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears, as God has given us tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he bestowed to us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. Visit them at AR500Armor.com. That's AR500Armor.com. Elsewhere, court orders release of the True the Vote leaders. Two leaders from the election integrity group True the Vote 
were released from jail after appeals court overruled a judge's order that they be detained for de- contempt of court. Catherine Egelbrecht and Greg Phillips were ordered released by a panel on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit late on November 6th. Quote, it is ordered that petitioner's opposed motion for release from detention is granted pending further order of this court, the panel said in the order which was obtained by the Epic Times. The panel consisted of Circuit Judges Katharina Haynes, a George W. Bush appointee, Kirk Egelhart, a Donald Trump appointee, and Andrew Oldham, another Trump appointee. Egelbrecht and Phillips were released on November 7th. Egelbrecht and Phillips were sent to jail on October 31st by U.S. District Judge Kenneth Hoyt, a Reagan appointee who found them in contempt of court for not revealing the identities of people who allegedly accessed information from Koenig, a Michigan-based election management software company whose founder was recently arrested for allegedly stealing poll worker data and hosting a the information on servers in China. The order for confinement was to be in place until the defendants fully comply with an order that they reveal certain information including the identities, Hoyt said. Egelbrecht and Phillips say they passed the, on the information that was legally obtained from Koenig to the FBI. One of their attorneys identified one of the individuals in question, Mike Hassan, during an October hearing, but they have declined to share the name of the second person. Both the individuals are FBI informants, Phillips asserted during one hearing. The contempt order came after Koenig sued True the Vote and its founders for defamation. In its opposition to the petition, Koenig said that the True the Vote founders were trying to strip the district court of its contempt power and that they have no one but themselves to blame for their confinement after denying Hoyt's orders. Lawyers for the firm said petitioners' imprisonment is not an emergency, especially in this case where the petitioners are contemners and re lactriant witnesses who hold the keys to the jailhouse and can free themselves immediately upon purging their contempt, end quote. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for my favorite topic, sports. Last week, the Houston Astros did this. Stianos. There goes the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. The Houston Astros, world champions! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Astros are World Series champions. And the Astros manager stood on the stage where the World Series trophy was presented late Saturday night and channeled his inner Jimmy Johnson. How about those Astros, he said. That's Dusty Baker. After 25 seasons managing the major leagues and two previous trips to the World Series, Baker is finally a world champion manager. With the Astros' 4-1 victory over the Phillies in Game 6, the 73-year-old Baker became the oldest manager to lead a team to a World Series title. Hired to stabilize the organization before the 2020 season in the aftermath of the team's sign-stealing scheme from 2017 that cost former manager A.J. Hinch his job, Baker might now be the most popular man in Texas. Baker took the Giants to Game 7 of the World Series in 2002 before they lost to the Angels. Under his guidance last season, the Astros made it to the World Series before losing to the Braves in six games. The Astros rolled to the AL West title this season, winning 106 games before starting the postseason 7-0 with ALDS and ALCS sweeps of the Mariners and Yankees respectively. The Phillies, however, jumped ahead 2-1 to in the World Series before the Astros closed it with three straight 
victories. So congratulations to Dusty Baker and you Astros fans out there. They're kind of a team that if you either love them or hate them at this point, especially with the scandals here in recent years. But again, congrats to Astros fans. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you liked the show, hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a magazine subscription, and especially a platinum club membership to get that free magazine, head on over to fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you want to email me a news story, if you want to ask me about our future conferences, or you want to become a corporate partner of Cross Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day. Have a great election day. Go vote. I'll see you next time.